everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, it's Pride Month here in America. Yeah, Gay Pride Month. Yeah. Not just anybody can have pride. If you have pride in yourself for other reasons that aren't LGBTQIA plus related. Yeah, sit down. We're not interested. Shelve it. Just shelve it for a month. This is not your month. This is not about you. (laughs) It's about the gay people. <laughs> Us gay people, so the ver- your various and sundry people in the uh, the alphabet mafia, <laughs> as they call it. All right, uh, coming up first, though, we do have some stories to talk about. Things that happened in the news, Dan, this week. Indeed, um, I want to get the show going with uh, Lance Wall now, and we've talked about. Uh, he's a he's a pastor, before. a mega church pastor, and prophet. Don't forget. Oh, well, he, he it goes without saying. <laughs> it's a great side hustle. Yeah, he's uh, you know, pretty uh I think we could call him a, a Christian nationalist and Trump supporter. <laughs> he's that type sure. if you don't know who he is. Uh well, recently he took to uh the internet and uh posted a, a lovely video of himself uh complaining about the new quarter. That's the 25 cent piece. Uh, oh. In the United States, I guess the 2022 quarter, they've changed the image of George Washington. Oh, okay. yeah. I didn't I know, know nothing th- about this. I didn't know. I was not instant. consulted. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, he, so George Washington used to face left and he's in profile. Right. And then sure. they flipped it. So now he faces uh, right. And they kind of cleaned up and uh, the, the image a little bit like. The, the little ponytail is a little bit more pronounced and oh. um, like his hair. Damn just, hippie is what he is. I know. Um, and he just, it just, just, he kind of just pops a little bit more than he used to. Well, uh, they, they did not, however, change the position of the, um, our national slogan, right? Uh, In God we trust. Uh, right. It's still where it always was over on the left side. Well, According to Prophet Walnow, he says that the that there's something up with this, that they've made George Washington turn his back on In God We Trust. <laughs> He's no longer facing our, our national uh, slogan. Um, that is horrifying. So he says um, there's prophetic significance in numbers in times in signs that you would miss if you mock people like us because there is significance in them turning the face of washington america you might say of turning its back on god oh Um, my god and then he guys it's still on the damn money (laughs) i know how much do you want right what more do you need (laughs) calls us all dry (laughs) he calls us all a bunch of dunderheads Okay, um, well, now he's for... just using foul language. <laughs> but, um, oh, that, oh, that the country was actually turning its back on, uh, right? On God oh. and on Christian privilege and, and what have you. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's truly, truly remarkable. But and there's so something very insidious about this, and that is that, like, when they 
go out of their way to notice something that's obviously stupid and that means nothing. Mm-hmm. They're heightening everyone's awareness of even a molecule that could represent loss of Christian privilege. They're mm-hmm. making sure that all of these uptight, like hyper fearful Christians are are ever vigilant for even the tini- tiniest slippage of power from their hands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and and it, and it means it means that the battle is is that much harder to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Though it's, there oh, well, is something smart about what he's doing, even though it's it's even absolutely though, even though he's the real dunderhead here, Frank. <laughs> we don't use that language. Well, and it's it's become interesting to see how much they are embracing um, the not just they're not hiding their Christian nationalism at all anymore. No, right? Like they're no, they're not. They're 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 proud Christian nationalists. I like. It's like, I'm surprised, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they changed the name of the Republican Party to the Christian, to the Christian Nazis. We'll get to that. We, oh, yeah? We, we got more of, that, more of that coming up in a, in a little bit. <laughs> All right. It's, uh, it's not great. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to take us to merry old England, to the UK, to the, uh, to the British Isles, mm-hmm. if you will, where uh, an astute listener sent uh, an article from the Times there. Hmm. And uh, it's interesting because it takes, here's the thing, virologists, epidemiologists, when they study, uh, you know, a, a disease such as COVID-19, they, they employ statistics to, to watch the spread and, uh, and the replication of the, of these viruses and sort mm-hmm. of how, sort of, they, they track their numbers to see, you know, if 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 it's going to spike, if it's going to die out, what's going to happen to each of these various epidemics or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And what one of the things that they look at is what's called the R number, which is the reproduction number, mm. which uh, indicates sort of, you know, how quickly it reproduces, how 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 many, you know, how how many people one infected person can then infect mm-hmm. themselves and whatever. Mhm. Well, a statistician has uh, has been l- using those numbers a little bit differently, uh, looking at churches and the the way that uh, that they replicate. <laughs> uh, and it seems like the infection of Christianity <laughs> is in trouble in the UK. Oh, oh, okay, that's good news. Uh- our numbers are dropping r- dramatically uh, in in England uh, and the UK, uh, it, to such that the Church of England and the Catholic churches, uh, by by how he looks at it, should nothing mutate, uh, they could fall to zero by 2062. <laughs> oh, the religious pandemic might be over, guys. <laughs> it's at been least. it's been a rough ride, you guys. <laughs> Uh, the, the, uh, there are numbers are just over 0.9. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think to have successful continued replication, you got to be over one. In oh an yeah. R number. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, and those, those ones are, are, you know, there's, they're pretty high. 
When you look at like Methodists, they're well under 0.9. Church of Wales, Scottish Episcopal, Church of Scotland, all of those are are down sort of near the 0.7 range in their R numbers. Wow. And it is funny to think of it in terms of of an epidemic, in part because it kind of spreads in a similar way. Like religion is about people infecting other people with their religion. So you've got the very virulent religions, things, you know, like Mormonism has a very active spreading. uh, It's it's got a very powerful uh, uh, modality of spreading itself. So, uh, you know, you've got some that are doing, and unfortunately, American strains seem to be more uh more virulent than uh some of these older european strains so okay yeah watch out for for some of those i mean it's all the more reason to not answer the door when the jehovah's witnesses show up right like well they've been writing letters lately have you gotten a letter from the j-dubs no no i I think since the pandemic they've largely been writing handwritten letters i think i've gotten two of them now we just got one in the mail oh my god Yeah, I've heard about so, this. It's that's yeah. wild, but nonetheless, yeah. yeah, keep that that stuff's contagious. It's contagious. Just stay away. You need um, to in, immediately dispose of it, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Mask uh, up. Get rid and of, and then it. wash carefully afterwards. <laughs> wash your brains out. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. The Archbishop of York is quoted in the Times as saying that it uh, that this way of looking at it was quote. Helpful and challenging to see predictions like this, uh, but then said, the Church of Jesus Christ is not an organization that lives or dies by graphs going up and down. Oh, well, of course I not. hope you're I hope you're wrong about that, Stephen yeah. Cottrell. I hope that uh, graphs going down does mean that the Church of Jesus Christ <laughs> will die. Oh golly! Well, yeah. All right, they can uh, ignore research and science and all of that to their own peril once again yes indeed all right uh dan yes uh oh god Um, corporate america is um it's always it's a world i i i don't really know terribly not not firsthand right i've never worked at like a fortune 500 company you're talking about our dark evil overlords (laughs) yeah well, the rulers of our country. Yeah, sure. Well, there's um, there's something going on over at these Fortune 500 companies lately, and the Corporate Religious Equity, Diversity and Inclusion Index, or the Ready Index, uh, nice. has been out measuring the religious inclusion uh, at Fortune 500 companies, and they're part of a group that's promoting religious diversity in corporate spaces is how they phrase it right okay um however on the ground what this ends up looking like is well let's just take the case of american airlines which has uh received the dubious mention as uh the um most faith friendly of the fortune 500 companies barf um and if you wander around their corporate buildings um, you would see things like uh, maybe a Jewish employee group meeting or mm. a um, Muslim 
uh, an ablution station. Do you know what ablution is? I think that's where you wash for your prayers. Okay. So there's, yeah. So there's um, an ablution station for Muslim purification rituals. There's a, well, you might see Father Greg McBrayer, um, a collar wearing Anglican priest who is both chaplain and the chief flight dispatcher for the airline. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Isn't that uh, a thing? Yeah. So, um, but a pick a job, father. <laughs> apparently, there's a thing over at Ford Motors. They, who is also interestingly enough, a sponsor at this year's Faith at Work conference. Ford Motors was started by a guy who was, uh, who was so interested in faith that he, you know, sided with Hitler about, <laughs> about yeah. being pro, uh, pro-Christian to the point of eliminating the Jews. So yeah, well, okay. They've always had faith at the heart of their that, company. That, that was a while ago. Um, but from, uh, for about 20 years, they've had sort of an interfaith network going on at their company. Um, Cigna has um, many different religious celebrations, including Kwanzaa, the Yule for uh, their pagan uh, employees. Um, they also celebrate the Zoroastrian festival, Gambar Maidraram. Um, Don't just make up ones. <laughs> I love it. That's the writer who did the, who made it up. And then uh, let's see. Intel has eight different faith-based employee resource groups, including one for agnostics and atheists. And Tyson Foods has over a hundred chaplains wandering around. And it really just sort of begs the question for me of, well, why in God's name would you have, it seems a lot easier to just get the Christian out, the Christianity (laughs) out, just remove the one problem that you have, right? Wandering your halls rather than inviting in all of these other problems. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, the, the trick being that, Corporations like to make sort of non-expensive nods to people's re- like daily life uh, yeah. to try and make them feel like they care about right. about them, right? And, uh, and so they do shit like this that doesn't cost them very much, but makes people feel included. But then, like, you do it for one group, and suddenly, fuck, we got to do it for. Her. Everybody. And then all of a sudden you're celebrating Yule, right? Yeah. Not, un, un, Before un, you know it, there's Yule. <laughs> I hope you're happy. <laughs> like for like, honestly, I mean, it's a big company, but for like, what? A dozen pagan employees. And I mean, okay, you can't like, if you're right, if you're doing it, you have to do it for everyone. And that's yeah. why I'm like, well then do it for no one. Yeah. Isn't that the easier solution here of just telling your employees, leave it at home, right? We don't yeah. do like, I, I get it. People want to decorate their, their, their cubicle for Christmas, right? They do. They do. And I guess as, I, I guess as long as it's just your cubicle, but then no, that gets weird, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Well, I, I, if it were me, yeah, I would just say, Hey, guess what? A, you know, you just have a very small group of, uh, you know, rules where it's like on your 
your group's day, you know, X number of days a year, you can put out small decorations at your station. Right. But not in communal spaces and blah, blah, blah. Right. But instead. But then everybody, but then all the Christians go, what? We can't decorate the whole office for Christmas? Yeah. And that's exactly. You're, you're, you hate Christians. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I get what the pressures are here. Yeah. Right. But like, just keep it at home. Like, I, I don't know. And, yeah, I, and here's somebody who's totally guilty of being the one person who is like, you know, pulling out the Christmas decorations. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do. But I wasn't it's, putting uh, up baby Jesus. Right. Well, I don't thank God. For I don't that. put up nativity scenes. I put up garland and Christmas lights. Right. And little yeah, balls. I mean, yeah, I, there's no way to win at this game. Like if you're a corporation, there's no way to win because if you do, if, if you take any uh, expected thing away from the Christians, like we've learned from Lance wall now and everybody else, right. They <laughs> will scream about it. <laughs> Like ninety percent of the Christians in your in your organization won't give a fuck. They'll right. be like, "Okay, fine, that makes sense." And then there will be the two in your corporation that'll like go to the press and be like, "They're discriminating against Christians." Right, right. Like, why not let it be a reprieve? Everybody says how stressed out they are by Christmas, right? Yeah. Why not offer your workplace as a as a place where people can escape Christmas? Yeah. Right. Because it is awful. Christians themselves hate Christmas. Yeah. But, but there's those two of them that just love it so much. <laughs> they live their entire lives for, for, for Christmas. My mom, they just, they wait and then, the, and they can't even wait until December. It's like October and they're like, I, I, oh, I gotta put up a tree. I gotta yeah. do something. That, that wasn't us at my house, but it was like the day after Thanksgiving. Right. There you go. But anyway. Oh, and then it was boy. Christmas threw up everywhere. Yeah. Yep. So. It just vomits all over everything. Like literally, she would take everything. So she would have everything all boxed up for Christmas, right? And it was boxes and boxes of decorations. And then she would have, she would take everything down, all the pictures off the walls, all the knickknacks, box and store, all of that, and then redecorate the house. Oh. For Christmas. Wow. There you go. It was wild. <laughs> so so oh. me putting up a couple streamers, I mean it, it 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 makes sense. Yes, indeed. You you've been infected. Your R rate. Oh was, my god, uh, Dan, you're right. Was high. And I, I need I need is there an, an inocu like can I get a vaccine? Yeah, you need to you need to get something. See a doctor. <laughs> maybe that maybe there's like some antibiotics or something you can take. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So if you just a couple of years ago, I think, we reported on Lutheran Bishop Megan Rohrer, who, uh, who was the first trans bishop hmm. of the largest Lutheran denomination in the U.S. Oh, okay. Which one is that? Missouri Synod? No. They're crazy. ELCA. I'm trying to figure out what that stands for. The... The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Oh, okay. All right. And here's the thing. Uh, so, so yes, hooray, they're all very progressive, uh, and they have a 
trans woman as a bishop? Uh, well, <laughs> maybe not anymore. Oh, she, uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, here's the thing. Um, uh, one of the one of a bishop's jobs is to sort of oversee the clergy within her their uh, purview, and there was a specific clergyman, the Reverend Nelson Rabel Gonzalez, uh, who had been accu- who was in line to be a bishop himself, but had been accused uh, by m- a dozen victims, by more than a dozen victims of verbal harassment and retaliatory actions. He was just a bad dude. So Hmm. Bishop Rohrer decided to, uh, after a full investigation and blah, 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 decided to remove Reverend Gonzalez, Rabel Gonzalez, from the clergy. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Wow. But remember how we said this was a very progressive uh, sect of the Lutheran Church? Uh-huh. She did it on the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. <laughs> oh. She uh she announced his removal on December 12th. Okay. Which is a date um many Mexican Americans uh find very culturally important to okay. them. Okay. And uh he was uh a, a, obviously a Latino uh, person himself, and in I think in a largely Latino congregation, uh-huh. and it was considered so culturally insensitive. Oh no! That the uh, the presiding bishop has asked Bishop Rohrer for her resignation. Oh wow! Isn't uh, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe? Isn't that Catholic? you'd think so <laughs> like it's uh it's pretty it's yes it was a like, it was a day uh in the 1500s i believe when uh when the virgin mary appeared in mexico to an indigenous man oh okay uh so so yes i mean it was feels catholic it, to me it was catholic i mean is it so that's it's more who celebrated it for the longest time, but then it became like sort of a, a more, function of Mexican identity. Okay. So it's more broadly sort of just cultural, not specifically Catholic. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, okay. most Mexican Christians are Catholic, but, but the, we're talking about Lutherans here. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm just, confused. uh, I'm thoroughly confused. Well, just know that sometimes. You can be too woke even for the uh for the for the trans bishop. All right. Um Dan, Dan. Yeah. This is good news. Ultimately, this is good news, uh which we don't always have on this show. A new uh Gallup poll is out on the topic of uh same-sex marriage and its acceptance in the United States. Right. Okay. Uh, and uh, this has been something that over time, obviously, Americans have come to accept more and more. And for anybody who grew up, you know, when when you and I did it, you know, it's kind of miraculous. Like, it's kind of amazing because, I mean, these numbers back in the 90s when Gallup first started looking at gay marriage and asking the public about it. Uh, so 1996, 
really only about a quarter of the public supported legalizing gay marriage. Yeah. And this is the era where we were hearing like about the Netherlands doing it. Uh, and everybody they, was freaking out. And, yeah. And it was like, they are so weird. Yeah. <laughs> over what are there. those freaks up to? What are, what are, what's going on there? But then amazingly, uh, within 15 years of only a quarter of the country supporting uh, gay marriage, we, we reached um, a majority level. We, we, yeah. we, we were over 50% of the country in 2011 uh, supporting gay marriage. And then as just four years later, as the Supreme Court is basically legalizing gay marriage, we got up to 60%. And last year we reached 70%, if you can possibly imagine it, of Americans um, supporting gay marriage. And uh, the numbers for this year are 71%. Uh, so it just keeps ticking up. But there are some holdouts, surprisingly, Dan. In a country it's now not that, surprising. Don't say surprisingly. <laughs> we all know. In a country now that like largely supports this issue, right? Like it's just a yeah. given. Uh, Everybody look, realizes this yeah. is hurting exactly nobody. Yeah. Even even the over sixty fives, right? Yeah. Who uh, now the majority of over sixty fives in this country by a, a, a fairly large margin support gay marriage. Um, Protestants became majority supporting or supportive of gay marriage in 2017 Republicans, the majority of Republicans now support gay marriage that happened just last year. Um, at least that's, that's what the numbers are showing. Um, but Protestant Republican, uh, there is a group over there that's still holding out and it's all you have to do is attend church weekly. And, Oh uh, no, that that's it. That's how they defined this this remaining group that is majority anti gay marriage at fifty eight percent opposed. All you just go to church weekly. It's that's, poison, I it's, tell you. It is poison. Yeah, it's like yeah. This, Instead of going to church weekly, hard. go to a couple gay weddings. You will have a much better time. I promise you. <laughs> I know. I mean, this stuff just isn't hard, right? Like. We like just let people live their lives. Right? Yeah. We would gladly just let you religious assholes live your lives in this country. If you guys did the same for us. Right. Yeah. Just um, shut the hell up and let everybody have their thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why can't they just do that? Uh, uh, I know. Well, I mean, that's good news, right? I like that you, the, the, like the major, it's good to remind ourselves that the vast majority yeah. of our country, yeah, even because you know one could be forgiven for listening to this show mm -hmm. and believing that like half the country hates the gays and would and and want the want yeah. to take away all their rights and whatever, and yeah. it's just not true. Yeah, I mean it's discouraging because we have this like small minority that has way. Uh, out of uh, or disproportionate control in this country and, totally. and influence in this country, right? Yeah. So their position on issues like abortion and gay marriage, it's important for us to know <laughs> what they're saying and 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 what their position is. But you know, over sixty percent of the country supports the right to abortion. Uh, now, over seventy percent of the country supports the right for. Um, two loving individuals to get married. doesn't matter their, their sex or gender. 
Like, like it's just like, this is the country we live in. We know that the country is more progressive than our government. And we just need to stay focused on that. I think, you know, if there's, cause it's hard, right? The news is scary and Christian nationalism is terrifying, but you know, reasonable and rational people need to be standing up and running for office and making sure that you always vote in order to make sure that that 20% doesn't actually yeah. literally go, control go the out and volunteer for a campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do get involved. Well, you know, since it is pride month, mm. uh, and, and, and we're, and you know, we're doing happy stories about gay people. I'm going to, I'm going to ride that train. You, you've heard of the Mennonite church. Yeah. Here in these United States and possibly other places. I don't know. It's a tiny little religion, religious sect. It's, you know, what part of the Anabaptist movement. Oh, you just have to love the Anabaptists. <laughs> Do I? They're so cute. Aren't they just <laughs> adore. They have like their own way of dressing. You got, you got to condescend to them for sure. <laughs> That's the, that's what you got to do. Oh yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I, and an astute listener sent this in, uh, the Mennonite church. Okay. When I think of Anabaptists in general, and when I think of Mennonites, I assume about as conservative as you can get. Hmm. Like yeah. if you, if you're wearing headwear from the 1800s, I assume that you have not progressed very far. <laughs> I am wrong. Oh, really? The Mennonite church delegates met, you know, this is, they sent delegates from all, all over. It took um, a while. They met. They, they, did they travel in <laughs> I don't think uh, that wagon? the Mennonites, I don't think that the Mennonites li- limit themselves to horse and buggy <laughs> the way the, uh, the way others oh, in the Anabaptist okay. tradition okay. might. All right. Um, Fair enough. So they met in Kansas City, Missouri. They voted at this, uh, Congregation. I don't know what they call their their group. Hmm. Okay. Um, a gathering. At the gathering. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Um, they had two big changes. The first is that they voted four hundred and four to eighty four. That's eighty two point eight percent in yeah. favor of retiring membership guidelines. So basically, they have membership guidelines that are about uh, sort of straight only sort of stuff. And they are now affirming LGBTQ people and committing to uh, a much more inclusive thing, including uh, taking language out of the, the sort of the documents that, that guide the clergy saying that they are not allowed to perform same sex marriages. Well, they are now. And the, uh, okay. Yeah. Here, here's here's what I think's going on. Apparently, Mennonites don't go to church every week. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the hint was in the name. If you're calling yourself Mennonites, Ooh. Mm. it's raining Mennonites. <laughs> Hallelujah! It's rain. So there you go. Uh, the, I need that music video. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I who would have thunk I I know so little about Mennonites, uh, but I, I gotta say, did not see this coming. 
Well, do you know who's a famous Mennonite? No. Mal- uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Oh. Did- For a brief moment, I thought you were going to say Malcolm X, and I was going to take issue. <laughs> I was going to. Yeah, no. I don't believe not. that's true. Decidedly not. No, Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> no. Wow, okay. Look it up. That's wild. I was like, really? Huh. There you go. I So I have to go dispel myself of a bunch of myths about uh, the Mennonite church, but well done them. Hmm. And happy pride, everybody. We happy gotta, pride. Gotta, you never know what's going to happen on Pride Month. <laughs> Wackiness can ensue. Dogs and cats, Mennonites living together, mass hysteria. Well, if you uh, grew up in a crazy religion that I have wild misconceptions about and you want to tell me about it please feel free to write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and leave us a voicemail message the telephone number is 424-666-8442 stick around there is more show coming up Uh, Frank, we've you've mentioned it a couple times on today's show. Oh. Uh, you've you've used the phrase Christian nationalists oh. or Christian Ugh. nationalism. Uh, I hate a, this thing. It's a bad thing. Uh, it's technically what the Nazis were. <laughs> yeah, they were Christian nationalists, also. Yeah. Um, we should be they called themselves national socialists, yeah. but they weren't socialist at all. So what were they? Um, yeah. And, you know, for a while there, we were, we were able to use that term Christian nationalist and feel confident that everyone understood that that's, you know, a bad thing <laughs> and that Uh-oh. people shouldn't be one of those. You can be Christian. Um, nationalism as a concept is a bad thing mm, mm-hmm. in an, in an international world, mm. in a world where we are all dependent on each other. Hmm. Nationalism mm-hmm. is a terrible thing, but it's also because it's always sort of hinged on one group in the nation being important mm. and being privileged over all the other ones and the other ones kind of getting shit on. So mm. in India, Hindu nationalism is a bad thing. And here, Christian nationalism is a bad thing, unless you want to you you take the the side of one Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, you never want to do that. You never want to do that. <laughs> if you find yourself agreeing with her, question everything. Uh, this. So we're gonna play a clip from her. This is not her talking about meat grown in a peach tree dish, uh, which she did recently. <laughs> He was very concerned about Bill Gates trying to force us all to eat meat grown in a peach tree dish. <laughs> I mean, she pronounced it very clearly. I mean, um, ah, God, I hate peach tree dishes too. So, <laughs> how do you get a tree in a dish? It's not even. I don't know. It's Actually, very a difficult. peach tree. Di- it kind of sounds cute. Kind of. Folksy. It is a little cute. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here's what Marjorie Taylor Greene has to say about Christian nationalism. If Christian nationalism is something to be scared of, they're lying to you. And they're lying to you on purpose because that is exactly the temperature change that is happening in America today, and they can't control it. 
They can't control it, and that's what terrifies them the most. You see, if, it, if we're going to label it Christian nationalism, this movement will actually be the movement that stops the school shootings. This will be the movement that stops the crime in our streets. This will be the movement that stops the sexual immorality and teaches children and brings them up in, in traditional families and loving homes. This will be the movement that protects kids' innocence and nurtures them into responsible adults that grow up to be successful moms and dads wanting to pursue uh, a family of their own. This will be the movement that, dis that finally does something about our debt because it's something that all of us should be ashamed of. It should have never happened. This will be the movement that cares about broken and lost communities, communities that are always forgotten about. Christians should never forget about those people, and we don't. So while the media is going to lie about you and label Christian nationalism, and they're probably going to, going to call it domestic terrorism, I'm going to tell you right now, they're the liars. And if anybody's a domestic terrorist, it's the radical left. They are the domestic terrorists. We could even say the Democrats are domestic terrorists because they funded them and they burned down our city streets and rioted in 2020. So if we're gonna put labels on people, we should put labels where they appropriately belong, not on Christians and not on people who love their country and want to take care of it. She's got a lot of very good points. Well, yeah. Um, there's a lot going on. Oh, um, there was a lot in that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you caught it. She said that we're gonna be, we're terrified of their Christian nationalism. And she's right about that. Yeah, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll give her that. And, and and here's the deal. Um, we were terrified of you before you started calling yourselves Christian nationalists, and we'll be terrified after. We'll right? be. We'll like, I'm more terrified now. <laughs> now that they're owning the phrase, yeah, I, I, I'm not okay with that. Well, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. And I love that they think that they're going to stop. That she thinks that Christianity is what's going to stop. The, the school shootings and whatever. I mean... Just never, ever bothering to keep in mind who the school shooters were. What, oh, sure. What yeah. religious tradition they were raised with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't they're know. Almost, Hand, the Handmaid's Tale doesn't really cover it. I would be interested to know <laughs> the number of school shootings in Gilead. You know? Because, yeah. like, that's what they want. Yeah. I think and uh, a totalitarian... I would that one. <laughs> <laughs> she needed she didn't even she was she was prescient about a few things but uh but missed the school shooting aspect of it <laughs> i don't know how she, i don't know how that slipped her attention yeah no but like jesus christ it's and apparently labels just are bad <laughs> did you catch yeah, that i I, like, I love if the you're whole, gonna put labels on things yeah i love the whole well they're going to call us domestic terrorists just because we're shooting people yeah. and actually committing murders. When they're the real domestic terrorists, they started a few fires once. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, we had some folks write into us, call into us. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, JSP wanted to write in. Uh, this is on the topic of uh, sort of the unwanted prayers that are inflicted on us poor, unsuspecting non-believers when we go to the hospitals and whatever. JSP wrote, I just think of it as being preyed upon. 
Don't put up with it. Mm, oh, like P-R-E-Y. Yeah, uh, yeah you got yeah. it. It's a play okay. on words. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I, don't, I don't see it as particularly predatory, but it is, uh, it's annoying. So yeah. feel free to, to, to decline. Chris wrote in to us to say, uh, hi, Frank and Dan. So th- you'll recall, Frank, that we talked about uh, religion and how it provides a, a, a very singular and unique sort of place of trust where that trust can be abused uh, and and uh, people can be, can be hurt. Uh, so Chris says, hi, Frank and Dan. Vulnerability uh, that can and is systemically exploited is not unique to religion. It's happening in social work, care for elderly and mm. people with disabilities, and school settings too. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's the element of eternal life slash damnation that the church uses to keep people quiet. But for many secular folk, the undeserved shame can still be as strong a deterrent uh, to speak out against abusers. Hmm. On that note, Frank, I think that for the genuine good guy pastors, the motivation to become one is probably similar to people becoming a social, uh, social or care workers. They feel it's a position where they c- can do good. Ironically, the same field that also suffers from a lot of abuse. So Mm. I think it is a power issue. The only difference I can see is that some people seem more willing to forgive pastors than secular offenders, and it should be the opposite. Mm. Hope this makes sense. I don't know that you should forgive anybody, uh, really, who abuses power, a position of power and and, and abuses humans. Yeah. But... But yes, I think I, that's an interesting point. That's a good point. Yeah, when there are people in a vulnerable position and then people in a position of power, uh, especially when there's a, 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 a trust there, bad things can happen. So be on the lookout. Um, we had someone call into us, did we not? We did indeed, Dan. Uh, this is a listener who um, has some things to you know just sort of say about uh, the show, but is uh, specifically responding to a conversation that we had in a, in a recent episode. And then he, he has a question for us. It's kind of fun. Okay. Hey, Frank and Dan, I just wanted to say thank you so much for the lovely show that you guys bring to us listeners every week. It is so nice to be able to listen to you guys. And I'm very happy to become a patron recently. I recently listened to episode 546 and you guys were talking about space and at towards the end about how like space is so mind blowing. And I just love space facts and, you know, learning about astronomy and space and all that stuff, physics, and just little bits here and there. And I'm happy to hear that you guys like that too. I wanted to ask one question, uh, since we're our galaxy, the Milky way is heading towards the Andromeda galaxy and like, Billions of years later, it'll eventually merge. What name do you guys think should be the name of that new galaxy? Thank you very much again. I appreciate you both, and I appreciate all the, all the other supporters that help you guys out. Thank you very much. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Well, first, oh, wow, yeah. thank you yeah. for your support. Uh, we appreciate that. In terms of, uh, do Frank, do we as podcasters get to name... New mega galaxies? Is that know. one of the perks? It's exciting. I love the idea. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. Andromeda and Andromeda the was Milky a was Way. A, okay. was a Greek mythological character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about her. Hmm. One one wishes to avoid combining Milky and uh, and a mythological woman. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sh- I'm uh, not sure what to do about that, uh, you guys. Oh. All right. Um, uh, I mean, I I figured somebody had to have already named this thing. So I looked it up. Okay. Uh, and while I don't think there's an official name yet, uh, there are some nicknames that people uh, are throwing around. Uh, Milkometa. <laughs> no, wrong. <laughs> Absolutely out of out of the question. Milk Dromita. Gross. Uh, yeah, those are the only two that are on Wikipedia. Um, I don't know. It's exciting, though. It could be Andromeda Way. Andromeda Way. Oh. Here's the truth. I don't think we as a species are going to have to worry about that one. I don't think (sighs) we're going to be around. Oh, in in like four or five billion years? I just just think that's a bridge we can probably cross when we get to it. You... You have such a low opinion of humans. I really do. Uh, <laughs> in point of fact. But uh, but so, yeah. I, so it doesn't I, I really matter what we end up calling it. I think it's unlikely that it, that, that, that will be an issue mm. uh, that, that we as a species will have to deal with. So, <laughs> so, so no, no, no suggestions, really. No notes. Currently mm. no notes on that one. <laughs> All right, uh, and finally we had uh, an anonymous, anonymous, can't say the word, an anonymous listener write into us, Hey, Bring it, Dan, I was catching up on some episodes and got to your oh. section on license plates. Ah, yes. I recently moved to Florida, and to my shock and amazement, you need more documentation and money to register your car than it takes to get a gun in the state. Well, yeah, of uh, course. Isn't that like everywhere? You know you moved to Florida, right? <laughs> Are you aware that that's where you went? Uh, They go on. I was very surprised that I was able to get a non-religious license plate with no extra charge. Yes, that part is a little surprising. (laughs) You would think that you would have to pay more to have one that doesn't just say, I love Jesus, like on it, (laughs) slathered across it. (sighs) Wow. Well, do we have some folks to thank? We do indeed, Dan. We have a new uh, patron over on Patreon a new teacher by the name of Keely. So thank you so much for joining the priesthood. Uh, Wonderful. Hamana, you hamana. have magic there, powers there now. There you go. And if you'd like to join Keely and all of our other uh, patrons, you can do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com and uh, click on the support tab. It's and a nice thing to do. This is traditionally a time of year when, uh, when there's a lull mm. in, uh, in, in patron support. Mm. Uh, and it's nice it would be nice for people to help us counteract that lull and uh, maybe find it within them within themselves to take a couple minutes out of their beautiful outdoor activities and just uh, chuck a couple coins our way. Indeed, Dan. And here's somebody who's been uh, supporting the show for a long time. Um, we had a little uh, switcheroo happen with our top donor. Ooh. Um, so it's a it's a name from the past, Davis. Our new Lord and Savior. Woo! Thanks so much. And stick around, everyone. There's more show coming up.
Dan. Yes, sir. It's Pride Month in America. Do you do you have? Are you flying a rainbow flag at your house? We do. Yeah, much uh, to uh, and I uh, basically am the HOA, but uh, much to the chagrin of our our CCNRs. Oh, I don't care. Are you, are you meant to not? Uh, we're not allowed to put out signs and that kind of crap. It doesn't specifically say flags, but See? you know, you're not allowed to attach anything to the, mm. <laughs> to the building. So uh, we we've got ours draped uh in a in a big window that we have there on go. the inside of the house. Yeah, that's a safe it, way of doing it. Even though that could be technically a curtain, and uh, we do have rules in our CCNRs that allow the board. <laughs> To dictate the color of your curtains. Oh um, my God! Not that's getting that's we don't man. HOAs can get uh, a little on the nitpicky side. Yeah, we do not enact that one. We do not use that rule. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, we have a pride flag flying. It's uh, we have it uh, zip tied to our balcony railing. Ah. That feels that feels like we're not violating anything. There you go. Yeah, it's pride. We love pride, and of course. Uh, the way that pride intersects with uh, our show is, you know, a bunch of churchy folk not really liking the gays traditionally. The entire need for gay pride yeah. is just a bunch of religious ding-dongs. <laughs> there would be no need. Right. Uh, and to counteract that, there are things that happen around pride and in general just with uh, gay people and religion. Uh, but as a new story in the Tribune caught my eye. Uh, the Salt Lake, the Tribune. Salt Lake Tribune, yes, uh, caught my eye about the interfaith uh, service that was held at a local church for, uh, in honor of and in celebration of Pride. And the let me guess, it was the Unitarian Church. No, it was First Baptist Church. Oh, um, what? I know it's it's not like Southern. I don't think they're Southern Baptists. They're a kind of Baptist. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, they hosted it, and if there were the Unitarians and whatnot, they had like a moment where they asked, you know, um, who, where are the Unitarians? And a bunch of people stand up. Where are the 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 Jews? And they stood up. And where are the <laughs> so and sos? And they stood up. And uh, and apparently, as this was progressing, then a representative from those groups kind of got up and said something about being gay and pride and church and yeah whatnot and jesus jesus still loves you and um even even though you're gay he still <laughs> has found a way to love you even um, though you're disgusting <laughs> and against the natural law and all laws of god and man <laughs> jesus still will find he's, a place he's all right with you. you um <laughs> as they as yeah and so but these kind of articles uh, there's the one reaction that I have, which is, well, good, right? Like, I like people finding acceptance, and I like the idea of people finding comfort and, uh, and community, and this is important to these people, and they're hearing positive messages from in a, in a setting that's, that is powerful and impactful for them, right? So, sure, good, good. Um, and then there's the other reaction that I have, which is just get the fuck out of church. Yeah. Right. Like why, like don't give this thing that doesn't traditionally 
want you. I don't care that these few little groups have gotten together and decided, right? That, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. We, that's good. That speaks to the broader culture and just the fact that gay people are and, and, and transgender people are being more accepted now. But like these are the institutions that are the problem, right? Yeah. And I mean, and the fact that you found one of the good ones, yeah. quote unquote, maybe, yeah, doesn't really change the 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 main issue, right? So yeah, it's it's tricky. I think about, you know, I want to be supportive of uh, LGBTQ affirming churches mm-hmm. because it's a, because yeah, it is important. They are cultural touchstones. And uh, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) But yeah, I think your question is, why would you be a member of a group that's even remotely affiliated with other groups that would definitely hate you? Right. You know, um, and I mean, it's not just gay people who do this. You have like liberal Mormons, right? Just to. Yeah. Who. uh I don't know. They're trying to change it from within, but the thing itself is fundamentally, I mean, we obviously as atheists see the broader fundamental flaws of religion and, you know, religious thinking. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're going to be quick to, um, to point that out, I guess. But, and I, and I, and I suppose that if you believe in God, you know, you want to find some place to, worship that god um with like-minded folk but right and there is just yes all of the things that churchgoers talk about there are real things like you know you do get a sense of community and you do get a sense of of i mean especially if they're lgbtq affirming you'll feel like you're accepted there uh hopefully yeah even a lot of the supposedly lgbtqia affirming churches don't do a very good job of it yeah exactly i mean you're gonna find more acceptance at brunch i promise you right, right? like go and brunch <laughs> go go to the pride parade <laughs> yes and experience what real acceptance looks and feels like yeah right rather than this more it's just shoehorning something in that just doesn't fit Right. Yeah. Like, and there I, are I, still, yeah. I, I mean, know people want to believe that Jesus is like this all loving figure and whatnot, but <laughs> whatever. But nope. <laughs> Answers nope. I mean, not his, not historically, right? Yeah. Followers of Jesus historically have not been that peaceful or loving. Yeah. So he, he seems, they claim he said a bunch of nice stuff, but. You wouldn't know it by how they've traditionally acted through the centuries. <laughs> I kind of, I, you know, I'm in the, the Groucho Marx band where mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't belong to a club that would have me for a member. Yeah. But also don't belong to a club that wouldn't have you for a member. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if they say, even if they say they would have you for a member, even the really progressive ones there's like there's hidden misogyny in there mm-hmm. there's hidden lgbtqia 
like non-acceptance in there, there's no way they got rid of all of it. Right. It's still there. I just don't get it. I mean, I, you know, I do get it because it's a mind fuck and it's hard to mm-hmm. unravel it. Right. But I do hope that people are able to unravel successfully. I think a lot of people just want to believe, you know, they, they like the idea of a, a, an all loving God. I get that. I get why you might want that, why it feels nice. Well, I mean, as, you never have to face the void the same way that you do. If you just don't believe in God or an afterlife or whatnot, like death is right. final and you're never going to see your loved ones again. And, um, yeah. And those are unpleasant uh, thoughts. Yeah. And you know, there, there is no sort of innate loving nature to the universe. It's actually right. hostile and <laughs> we could be completely wiped out as a species basically at <laughs> any moment. Right. And then who's going to name the galaxies? (laughs) Whoever, someone else will, right? The the giraffes will eventually evolve to the point where they can name the galaxies. It'll be fine. Amazing. Yeah. Someone will take care of it. (laughs) Well, get out there, friends. Go go support your local gay things, your Mm. local trans things, your various and sundry queerness. Uh, Get out there and and, uh, enjoy Pride Month and uh, yeah, have a great time. If you would like to tell us the ways in which you and your local faith community apparently are celebrating Pride, please feel free to write into us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424 666 Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Click the like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members only lounges, you can do so. Go to thankgodimatheist.com slash members only. Thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Happy Pride! Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.